Welcome to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, a CME podcast series where each week we translate today's late-breaking clinical research and news into tomorrow's practice. I'm Frank Domino, professor in the Department of Family Medicine and Community Health at the University of Massachusetts Medical School and editor-in-chief of the 5-Minute Clinical Consult series. Be sure to visit primed.com podcast after the discussion for more information about today's article and to claim CME-CE credit. Carol, a 58-year-old woman in your practice, is here for her annual Well Woman visit. She's feeling well and has no complaints. Her past medical history is significant for well-controlled hypertension, prediabetes, and hyperlipidemia. Her BMI is 34, and she's actively trying to lose weight. But she tells you, I'm concerned about my weight. I don't want to become a diabetic. She states, I exercise four to five times a week, and I'm eating healthier, decreased red meats, cutting back on my carbs, and trying not to eat sugar. One of the ways she's trying to reduce her sugar intake is by drinking artificially sweetened drinks. I've decreased my total calories and have lost five pounds over the last two months. Her use of these diet drinks make you concerned. How should we advise Carol about her use of artificially sweetened drinks? Hi, this is Frank Domino, professor in the Department of Family Medicine and Community Health at the University of Massachusetts Medical School. And joining me to discuss artificially sweetened beverages is Susan Feeney, assistant professor and program coordinator of the Family Nurse Practitioner Tract at the University of Massachusetts Medical School's Graduate School of Nursing. Uh, it's amazing how ubiquitous artificially sweetened yes. beverages are. Can you tell me a little bit about what we know? Well, they came onto the market in the 1980s. Basically, it was as aspartame. Um, and it, it was really sort of considered this miracle. That people are going to be able to drink what they wanted and not gain weight. Um, currently, um, there are some, there are lots of different products, but the one that is mainly at present in most commercially uh, pr produced diet colas and other types of, of drinks um, is aspartame. And, other, and, and, and what we have found is that there seems to be some cardiovascular um, implications that in general, the studies seem to be pointing to that people who drink these in higher amounts, so let's say two, two drinks a day or two cans of, of a soda prep a day or other types, uh, there may be an association with increased cardiovascular risk and death. Wow. So yeah. drinking two or more of these a day has some serious implications. Um, did we have data on this before? Well, we, we have had data, um, and it's really looking back at the Women's Health Initiative, the Framingham off, Offspring Study, the Nurses Study. They've also found that there's some metabolic implications, so not just cardiovascular, but that uh, saccharin, stevia, and other types have been associated with increased weight gain um, and uh, impaired, impaired glucose homostasis or you know, glucose intolerance and hyperinsulinemia. And we also have found that some of these sweeteners affect the microbiome in the gut as well. Wow. So um, very interesting. You mean drinking these drinks can actually make you gain weight and increase your cardiovascular risk? Yes. They, we, we do have some pretty strong data that shows that it can uh, worsen or, or exacerbate glucose intolerance. So you think about the people who want to drink these things for the most part are folks who might have pre-diabetes or mm -hmm. diabetes insulin resistance, and it can worsen that and certainly has been associated with uh, increased weight. All right, so you said the number of two a day. Are there any other specifics about the populations that are at increased risk? 
Well, um, the, there was a recent study um, that looked at the data from the Women's Health Initiative. So that was done between 1993 and 1998. That was this, the cohort. And they looked at postmenopausal women. And they looked at the intake of the specifically diet colas and um, those who were drinking two or more a day, as I said, was a can of, of soda was one, one unit, so two of those a day or more, there was a significant increase um, in a couple of populations. So uh, one was women who had, postmenopausal women who had no history of cardiovascular disease or diabetes had an increased risk of ischemic stroke. Um, women um, that were um, African-American had a, a significant increase in stroke and cardiovascular death. And then women who were greater than 30 uh, BMI also had a, a significant increase in their cardiovascular risk and stroke. So risk, stroke, and even death. Yes. Wow, very concerning. And it, it, it's, it's not insignificant, and it is very unique that, uh, that it affects some populations worse, worse than others. And the thing that sort of stuck out to me was women without any risk who were drinking this had a, had a, had a risk for ischemic stroke. Wow. So um, we've talked about this. This study was done in the 90s. Uh, uh, a natural plant stevia is being used more commonly uh, to sweeten things. Is there any data on that? Very limited. The, the data that I did see, and it was quoted in this study, was that there was an association uh, with stevia and some metabolic issues that we mentioned before, increased weight gain and possibly glucose intolerance. But there really hasn't been any data to look at its impact on cardiovascular risk. So, I mean, it's, it's, we'd still have to wait and see what, what that implication is. All right. Well, Carol's here in the office today, and she's worried about her weight. She's had some success losing weight. What are we going to tell her to do going forward? Well, and I, I made me reflect on my own practice. You know, we ask people about what they're eating and their red meat and fats and exercise, but I don't know if we really drill down to say, okay, if you're drinking an artificially sweetened beverage, how many are you drinking a day? And not only things that like a soda can, but how many packets of this stuff are you putting into your coffee or your, or your tea? So first I really want to ask her, what, how much of this are you drinking? Um, she's feeling some success because she's lost some weight. You want to encourage her. But certainly if she is drinking one to two servings of this a day, I would caution her. And I would say, look, we have some studies. I'm worried about your um, you have some risk factors. Let's think of some other ways that you can reduce your caloric intake through these drinks, through drinks without using these artificial beverages. I think that's probably uh, most important is that we need to help um, inform and advise our patients that there are better alternatives. Right. Um, I, I hate to say it, but water still wins. Yeah, water wins. And what I oftentimes will say to patients, if they like the carbonation, um, they can get, you know, a seltzer or some sort of carbonated water, and just put a little bit of fruit juice. I mean, a little bit of cranberry juice or cherry juice or even grape juice, a small amount, caloric-wise, is going to be insignificant. And they'll get the flavor, they'll get the carbonation, and for many people, it's as satisfying. I agree. I'm, I'm, I'm always surprised that that sort of thing is not more commercially available because I think we forget that a teaspoon of sugar has 15 calories. That's right. It's really an insignificant number of calories, and if you have to walk to get a teaspoon of sugar, it's no big <laughs> That's deal. That's right. You put an ounce of grapefruit juice or cranberry juice in, right. your, in your sparkling water, at most you're adding is 30 calories. That's right. And, and for most people, that they like that carbonation, and 
Um, but I think from a marketing standpoint, they're really drawn by that zero, by zero calories. Yeah. And so just in, informing them that really, you know, like 15 to 20 calories is neg negligible and it will, it can absolutely impact. And I think if you approach this and say, we, we have pretty good evidence that this is actually going to maybe put you at greater risk for diabetes and you've had some weight loss, but this may actually start to help worsen weight gain that might be incentive for her to stop. And reminding them that it increases both their yeah. stroke risk yes. but cardiovascular yeah. risk. Um, Susan, this is very important. I think this probably applies to men as well, and I'm not sure how well it's been studied it in them. It has not, but yeah. But we need to get this message out, avoiding artificially sweetened beverages, focus more on alternatives, and, uh, and, and help people understand that they may make their weight and other risk factors worse. Yes. Thanks so much. My pleasure. Practice pointer, use of artificially sweetened beverages increases cardiovascular risk, stroke risk, all-cause mortality, and may even increase adverse metabolic effects like weight gain. Join us next time when we talk about the ability to prevent perinatal and postpartum depression by one simple intervention. Thank you for listening to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, brought to you by PrimeMed. To claim credit and receive additional information about the article referenced in today's episode, visit primed.com slash podcast and see you next week.